You're listening to the Inner Light with Ellen podcast. I'm your host, Ellen Wyoming Deloy. I'm a coach in Portland, Oregon, who works with people across the US and occasionally the world. I help people to transition from where they are to where they want to be, removing limiting beliefs, barriers, and imposter syndrome along the way. On this show, I bring you conversations with leaders in wellness, spirituality, healing, mindfulness, and more. We also dive into themes around intuition, equity, racial justice, and what it means to be living here in the 21st century. I'm excited to bring you each episode. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen. And if you love the show, leave a five-star review so others can find us. If you want to learn more about my work and what I do, go to ellenwyomingdeloy.com. Thanks. Enjoy the episode. Hi, I wanted to talk today about dreams and making dreams come to life. And as I sat there trying to think about why I wanted to phrase it that way, because it feels very intangible, um, kind of whimsical, right? Dreamy, romantic, idealistic. It can be difficult to kind of conceptualize how that happens. But yet what I've realized most of all in my practice and in how I work with people is that I'm a catalyst that helps people to bring their dreams to life. Um, even I was laughing because I even had someone that was uh, working with me through the lens of um, executive coaching and leadership development. And about halfway through our coaching sessions together, they were like, yeah, I, I need to quit this job and I need to do the thing I've been dreaming of. And I was like, oh, all right. And I sort of thought that they were my one-off that was going to go down a different path to do something different that I was, I was interested in. And inevitably, uh, yeah, they're going to work on building their dream. And I'm super honored and glad and like laughing at getting to be a part of that process, like laughing in that joyful, good, pleasantly surprised. "Uh Aha. This is what I'm, (laughs) this is what I'm here to do is to help people do this. And, um, so for, for this, uh, this one-way conversation today, I wanted to talk about what it is to, to make your dreams come to life. And what are some of the things that can help you do that? And for me, I thought back to about 10 years ago to where I was and definite dreams or ideas we had happening then. And so I'll set the scene 10 years ago, 2012, um, my husband and I had been married for a year. We did not have kids. Um, We were actually living on the top floor of like a rented Victorian house in um, on Portland's East side, uh, sharing it with at least another couple and maybe a couple other people that were like in some of the other rooms. There were probably like four separate like people income streams that were paying the rent for this house. Um, and I, I was not yet pregnant, but we were kind of figuring, like we were figuring out life and what we were going to do. I had finished graduate school. My husband was baking. He was a baker at the time. And, um, we were, and he was in a situation. I remember this very acutely where, uh, he was working really hard for not, I mean, maybe this is the food service industry in general, working really hard for a really kind of unforgiving employer, um, without enough pay or compensation. I could see it pretty clearly, but he's a workhorse and he like wanted to do a good job. 
Um, but we knew we wanted to have a family. And we, when we looked at the numbers, it was really difficult to ascertain how we could make it happen on my, on my salary. I had recently graduated, but 2012, if you'll remember, was just coming out of the great recession. And I, the, I was one of like five people out of my cohort to be offered a job in the area, maybe more, but it was like, there were 30 of us and it was hard for us to find work right out of graduate school. Um, but I was able to find work, but it was only halftime. So I was also consulting halftime. I had a couple projects on the side that I was able to kind of cobble together, right. A living that worked for the two of us plus his income. Um, but we kind of knew when we were talking to, um, people with kids and like getting an idea of what like childcare costs were and just the, the, the amount that we wanted to live at for more stability, it was feeling sort of like panic inducing, like we're, how are we ever going to make that work? And, um, it was around maybe the spring of that year, 2012. So a little more than 10 years ago now that we decided to to just make a five-year plan. And um, my husband knew he didn't want to be in baking uh, his whole life. He had done pastry chef work, baking work. He's actually, he's like great, like such a good cook, all the things. Um, um, but he knew it wasn't going to be able to provide. And I knew that my income could definitely provide, but it's, you know, it, it takes two incomes often to, to be able to hit some of the things you want to be able to do if you want to have some flexibility with spending. And so um, we we made a five-year plan and it took some research, right? My husband had at the time also been going through, um, he like saw a life coach for a few months or maybe it was a career coach. I can't remember, um, but was working through uh, one of those kind of like a books, like what color is your parachute uh, type thing to kind of look at like, if he's going to look at going into another field, what should he explore? And he was starting to do informational interviews and job shadows um, in the healthcare industry um, at the time for physical therapy. And it was kind of through all that job shadowing and taking prerequisites for classes. I'm leaping a little bit ahead here, but he ended up landing on nursing, which has been amazing and great for us today. Um, but 10 years ago, that was at the very, very beginning. And so that's kind of the point I want to make is that sometimes, and I think, uh, you know, social media and influencer lifestyles and all the things that have really exploded over the past 10 years can make it look like we're supposed to be able to achieve our dreams and the things that we want in the way that it looks and feels really rapidly, like that we should be able to scale growth and scale learning and scale income at like a rapid pace. And assuredly, there are a handful of people who have like cracked that nut and figured out the code to get that finished. Um, but I think for the most part, for very much more of us, it's a slower, it's a slower game and it's a slower burn. And I say this because as I was thinking about what it takes to make dreams happen, I was like, oh my gosh, I am living out some of the dreams I had when it was 10 years ago now. And you know, let's take a moment and appreciate that. Maybe for you right now, if you're listening, what are you living right now that you thought was a dream 10 years ago and you're inside of it? Um, oh gosh, we could go down a whole other pathway of like, what did you think you wanted 10 years ago, but you're doing now and you've realized it's not what you want. That's also an intersection where I meet a lot of people for um, my coaching work. But if we go back to just setting the stage for making a dream, I mean, it's 
like no surprise that I went to urban planning school, right? Planning, planning, uh, planning is in my nature. I like having a goal. I like setting up milestones. I like checking progress. I like getting there. I'm incredibly iterative. So I don't need my plans to say fixed and have um, solid deadlines all the time. I like to make them work with what's actually happening in reality so that I can maneuver and pivot and adjust because sometimes things change that are outside of my control and, Sometimes I change and I didn't know that I would learn something through the process that would need to be different. So I need to have the ability to flex, right? Um, and so applying that to personal personal work and personal stuff, setting a dream is, is really setting up a long-term plan, but also like not being afraid of allowing it to shift and change. And so our five-year plan in 2012 was uh, to get through a new school situation for my husband so he could have a new career. We decided to give it five years because we were like, it could take a while. Like you're, you're going to do prerequisites. You're going to keep working while you go to school. So you're not going to go to school full-time. I had just gone to school full-time for two years for a graduate program. And, um, you know, at that time was in like $40,000 of debt. So we didn't want to take on more debt. And um, it was, you know, community college is amazing for prerequisites because if you're working at the same time, you can generally almost make, you could pay for your classes as you go. They're just so much more affordable um, if your income allows it. And of course there are still like amazing scholarship programs, grant programs, um, tuition financing, I think through community college systems that can really help students from like a wide variety of life paths, which I think I'm just a fan of community colleges. Um and uh, so we decided that. And so he started in that first year doing the exploration, right? He had to do the deep dive. He had to look at interviewing with different people, uh, doing job shadows. And it was on all of these different job shadows with different types of physical therapists working in a number of different types of places while he was taking his prerequisites for, I think it was at least the first year and a half at this point. Cause I remember the switch happening when our son actually was born and he was born in January of 2014. So we were a couple years into this process at this point um, where he was like, I don't want to be a physical therapist. He's cause he was getting really bored at like experiencing what they did all the time. He was like, not as but he's like, but nursing, you're on your feet, you're solving problems in the moment. And this was hospital bedside nursing, right? So people who are in really different, diverse patient populations. Um, and he, he really, really enjoyed that. And so he was still doing his prerequisites at that point for physical therapy school. So he checked out, I'm like, I'm telling my husband's story, but it's mine too. Cause it was like our team plan, right? I worked while he did all this and worked part-time. And then also he watched our son for the first uh, two years uh, at home since, so we didn't have to have uh, childcare. So there was a, there was a whole mix of things that we did to make things work um, uh, while we pursued this goal, this initial five-year plan. And um, I'll take a brief moment here to say that having that five-year plan really helped us make smart decisions about stuff that could come up, right? Because in some situations, one might feel like, oh, well, you know, I'm, you know, maybe I'm married and I have a kid and these are the things I should be able to do. Like there are these expectations you have about a place you are in life. And for us, it's like, well, I never planned to be married and have a young child and have one person working and one person back in school, but it's a reality for a lot of us. And so when something would come up that might've been like maybe more expensive or an opportunity to go somewhere, we sure wish we could do it, but we just couldn't. Like there were a lot of weddings that time. And I feel so bad about it, like at my heart level that we just couldn't afford to fly out to because we were really hustling on this goal so that we could be in a situation that's more comfortable down the road. And so, um, 
yeah, like that was hard. So if any of my friends whose weddings I know that I missed uh, in that era from like 2014 to 2016, I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, we had to make some some choices because like, you know, even if the baby was free, two plane tickets and time off from my one job when I was, we were potentially planning for another child and saving up time because there was no paid parental leave through my place of work um, was something we had to really, really consider. Uh, and saving everywhere we could so that we could do it. And so having the goal and knowing we were making steps towards the goal made it easier for us to say no to other things that would come up that we would feel pressure to participate in because so many members of our peer group were able to do it really easily. Um, they already had two people in higher earning incomes able to just, you know, at a whim, like, like, let's go take that trip. Let's go do that thing. We were like, yeah, we're, we're not that we can't, we can't afford that. And, um, it made it a lot easier. It didn't always feel great, right? Like sacrificing to do the stuff that you feel like you should do based on maybe your peer group can be challenging, but is really important. Um, and so, yeah, there was a bunch of stuff that five years in itself was very interesting. I mean, by the end of that five years, I had another child, right? So we had two kids and, um, but my husband switched programs. We realized that was the prerequisites for nursing and PT school were very, very similar. So they only had to do a couple other shifts. And then he did go back to school full-time when he got into nursing school. Um, there was an accelerated program at Oregon Health Sciences University that he did. And um, so that last uh, might've been 18 months, I think, 15 or 18 months program. Um, he went full-time. We put our, both our kids uh, into full-time care we actually took out student debt to pay for that. So that was kind of insane, but that's how we could do it. Cause I was still the sole income earner, um, during that time. And, um, it was, it was really aggressive, right? We did totally go into a lot of debt. And, um, but by the end of it, like my husband came out with a job that like exponentially increased his ability to earn and put him into a career that he really enjoys. I feel very fortunate to be married to somebody who is so willing to, stick close to uh, a plan and a goal and be willing to push himself. Um, I mean, it is why I married him because I knew he was like that and, um, and, and to, to follow through on it, but it showed me for us as a team and as a couple, what it takes to organize around a vision, right? Like the big picture senses, your situation might be something 180 degrees different than ours and totally different, um, for like what the thing is. But if you have the vision for the dream of what you'd like to accomplish, and then you break it down in smaller steps along the way, it can come true. Like we had a couple of big hiccups in that time uh, in 2016. Yeah. 2016, like we were renting a condo and we got a 90 day, no cause eviction. I was maybe like four or five months pregnant at the time. My husband was at that point in his full-time school program. I was the sole earner of our house. The city of Portland had experience, was experiencing this like massive housing price increase. And so the owner of our unit was like, you're being evicted through no cause of your own, but because I want to sell this condo and I'm not going to um, let go, I'm not going to let you renew the lease. And so you have 90 days to vacate. And is at the same time that rental prices are increasing like hand over fist across the city This before the city of Portland enacted a bunch of measures where you can't make increases in rent 10% just because you want to by kicking your tenants out, which is totally what was happening. Um, and so, yeah, we had to deal with that in the middle of it. And thankfully, 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 like our condo was, um, affordable and we couldn't buy the one we were in because 
they were really annoying and wanted us out before any offers would come in on it. We were like, we'll buy it. We'll buy it from you. Um, and they, and they wouldn't do it. So we actually, the, the condo next door went on the market and it was actually nicer because the owner had like done all the renewing already. And so we bought the unit next door. Um, and we moved with three days left on our 90 day eviction notice. Like that's the day that we closed on the condo. And, um, again, this was 2016. So the prices weren't quite what they became in 2020. Um, and we could do it on one income and we had, uh, we had to ask, uh, both of our parents for a little bit of help for just our little 3% down payment on it. Cause we just really had no savings. Um, but we made it work and, um, yeah, we're grateful to the resources that we have. I know that that's a privilege that not everyone does have to be able to make a move like that. Um, but like, it was a massive hiccup and we were like, how are we going to be able to continue to meet our goals? If we're like, instable and and not having like consistent housing and I'm pregnant and ugh, all the kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, just examples, right? You, you, it gives you a sense of focus for how you can endure, even though stuff goes sideways, completely out of your control. Um, I feel like I've told that story before. So if you've heard it, I apologize. I just find it dramatic and helpful because we stayed pretty calm through it and focused on what we needed to have happen. And, and it's not like we made it happen, but the things that lined up behind our intention helped us make it happen. And I think that's really important too, when you're working on having your dreams, you want to make your dreams come to life, just sitting there and wishing for your dreams to come to life doesn't work like just wishing and being wistful and wanting it to land in your lap. I mean, like maybe again for the one in a million of us, it does, but it's taking a couple steps forward. And then the energy behind that intention showing up, whether because you've been talking about it to somebody and they're in a situation where they hear someone else talking about something that relates to what you've shared and they can connect the two of you and it pushes something else further forward and faster things that have action and an intention around it tend to gain momentum, focus, and energy, right? Conversely, if we want to look at like making your dream happen, maybe your dream is to get out of debt. And um, like, there are a lot of people who talk about personal finances, but one of them that I'm reminded of right now is Dave Ramsey, who has this like debt snowball approach where if you just focus on one corner of your debt, like be it the one student loan or the one credit card, and you just focus all of your attention on that one, it ends up carrying the momentum. You start to find other ways of making extra money and applying it to that. And the debt snowball is like where it sort of starts to take away all of your debt all at once, or you just pay it off faster because you, you are focusing on it. It feels good to be relieved of the burden of that debt and all of the magnetic forces like start to help you pay it off. Like maybe you get a windfall, maybe you get like a second job. Maybe you like decide to just go and do that gig, uh, driving an Uber for a while. And everything you make from that goes to paying off the debt that just continues to contribute to a sense of freedom, having the dream happen of being free of debt. Right. So I'm just going to stop right there. Cause I'm not a personal finance coach. I'm not going to talk. There are so many books and people who talk about that kind of stuff, but the idea around organizing your focus and intention on the thing you want to have happen can really make it happen um, in a way that can feel faster or at least have a lot of energy and focus to where you're working on it so that it does just come to life. And so um, 
that was our, that was sort of our five-year plan, 2012 to 2017. My daughter was born in early 2017. My husband graduated at the very end of it, or maybe January of 18. And then he was working um, at the hospital. And I, three months after that, I was like, maybe I should be in a family that has a dual income for more than three months with two small kids. Uh, but my dream from about 2015 on that I had just been sitting on was to start my own business. And I really could only wait about three months. So I let our jobs overlap for three months from January to March of 2018. Both of us had like a W-2 with like good income. And then uh, March 31st, I was like, all right, that was my, and it was funny. It was my, it was um, my four year anniversary, I think of working where I was working working and I, uh, terminated, uh, I, I left my job right then and started, I incorporated my business on April 12th of 2018. And so I apologize. My kids are doing something loud. I'm not sure what it is. Someone's out there hanging out with them. Um, but yeah, and was able to start my business. And so, yeah, the five-year plans are kind of staggered. They're doing all, they're all over the place, right? Like the, when they happen or don't happen, but right now I'm in my fifth year of business, right? So I've now worked for myself longer than I worked for my previous employer. And, uh, it's been really cool to watch it kind of evolve as I figure out what it is and how I work and how I serve in the best ways that I can. And what has firmly come to my attention, especially in this past year and a half. And it's timely with what's going on in the world, right? People are changing their jobs. People are changing their priorities. People are shifting their focus to get back to what's more harmonious and more in balance for themselves. Like I'm working with people who are extremely burned out, who have been harmed in their workplaces and who are also just frankly tired of waiting for their turn to have their dream. And so I'm sitting with them as they go through a six month process of like scoping or scaling or envisioning or trying, trying to put words to their dream. They're at different places and phases and what they're, I think I'd like to call it like their dream development, their dream visioning, their dream planning is, but I'm working with them wherever they at, they're at so that they have support and guidance through to their, to their next steps and the places that they're evolving. Um, and that's very, rewarding and very exciting to me uh, because I truly get to participate in some of the most magnificent conversations to get to the heart of the matter every single time I work with somebody. Um, and while I'm on this point, I'll mention I'm launching my first group coaching cohort uh, this fall. It starts on September 21st. There are still a few spots open. If you would like to learn more, there's a link in this, in this video for you to learn about the, the cohort, but it's going to be great because it's a lot of guided focus week to week for 12 weeks. It'll be two hours a week on Wednesday evenings, Pacific time, 6 to 8 p.m., um, from September, September 21st, all the way through December 14th. And you can really think of it as a community of like-minded individuals coming together to work on building their dream or building 
a foundation to get rid of the things that are in the way so that they can start to focus on what they want to focus on. We'll really cover a wide range of um, tools and practice, reflective conversations to help everyone really orient around making space for themselves to pursue their goals. And I want to be a part of helping people do that. And what I think is really wonderful about groups is that coming together with with a community of like-minded people kind of in energy, like vibing on the same thing, that's a really calculated way to focus your intention for taking action. Um, it's kind of like built in accountability. And then I think just the joy of discovery together with somebody else who can witness with you the changes that you're making are so validating and so important and so nourishing. And um, like, let's just make more of that in the world please. <laughs> so if you're interested, the link for um, uh, signing up for that is in the in this video in the comments, or I guess the description. I want to mention there is an application, but it's very, very short. And what it really is, is just for me to get a better sense and idea of who you are, what you're looking to do and what you want to do so that I can make sure that the cohort that forms is uh, really supportive and aligned to one another. And if there are enough applications, I will form two cohorts so that we have uh, two balanced groups that can move forward together. And I look forward to it. Um, last note on that, the pricing for the cohort is tiered based on your income to make it more accessible to multiple income levels. So I never want to see your tax return. It's just the honor system, but you choose what you want to pay based on the four tiers and no questions will ever be asked about it. It's just accepted point blank. You'll be, you'll be great. Okay. Uh, thanks so much for listening and um, yeah. See you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in today and listening to the show. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen. And if you love the show, leave a five-star review so others can find us. To learn more about my work and what I do, go to ellenwyomingdeloy.com. Thanks. See you next time.